Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. These guys know Kiss inside and out. They freak me out all the time. You're going to enjoy it. The episode is epic. Oh, boy. Here we go. Pressing the button, Star Simmons, Star, Bulls family. Is that what he does? Stop shouting! He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. Alright. I'm gonna grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck that's all. Hello, and what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus in another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 211. Don Jameson. Yeah. We love Don Jameson. That's two thirds of that metal show. We got we got to get Jim Florentine on, and maybe we'll have a that metal show reunion on Shout It Out Loudcast. That's my goal by the end of this year. Uh, okay. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we had uh, Don on. He's great, and uh, looking forward to having you guys listen to that and tell us what you think. But holy fucking feedback! Dude. Holy fucking feedback. 210 episodes we've done. And I swear to God, I am not exaggerating. I think this is the most uncontrollable amount of feedback we've ever had. And I think that's because we say this, we say this when we talk about album reviews. The more polarizing the topic, the more people get involved, which is awesome. But this one, we couldn't even keep up with it. Whether it was emails, YouTube comments, Facebook, Twitter, we could not keep up with it. And his minions. <laughs> exactly. Fucking I'm not gonna say his name yet because I don't want to do the drop. But damn it, holy shit. Yeah, in, 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 insane, insane, which is great, but my god. But it led to another venting session. My God, would you Patreon members love to hear the venting session that went on before we hit record? If we ever if maybe we'll create a platinum vinnie vincent tier where you can listen to what we say before the episode recording begins because i'm telling you right now this is how zeus and i it's our weekly purge it needs to be like the jfk information about his assassination when we die 50 years from now we'll release you guys it. can release all this shit we'll put it in like a time capsule and be like oh my god wait are you telling me that for 200 episodes, this is what these guys thought of these people. God, it's just there's there, there is like the fucking parody people or a, like characters. It just and, the, and and a lot of them are the same fucking things with some of the comments, the, the some of the their thought process, the predictability of like oh, like Tom you were saying like oh those. Call me when they have a real band like fucking Anvil play the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm, not wa- yeah. I'm, I'm not watching Rihanna. I'm going to put on Kissology Volume 2 for the halftime show. Oh, you're going to save the world with that decision. Oh, thank God for you. <laughs> no, and then, and, and, then, and then people, well, I'm a musician. Look, playing Guitar Hero in your fucking basement doesn't make you a fucking musician. Okay, I can do Raining Blood on Expert Level 2. I'm not a musician. Yeah, and you probably would have more people watching you play at your fucking house Guitar Hero than those guys that call themselves musicians at their band. Well, you know, that's because, you know, as a musician, I find this insult. Dude, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. None of you fuckers are fucking anybody that I would be like, oh, playing in the fucking Algonquin regional band doesn't make you a fucking musician. Okay, there, you and your fucking tuba. Relax, people. (laughs) Oh, you got to go see. They're going to be fucking members of this band here. Well, I'll go fucking check that out. Oh, okay. Why do they call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they allow hip-hop artists to get in? It's so stupid. Iron Maiden's not even in. Listen to music when music was cool. (laughs) See, every episode is going to have a festival. You know what? Maybe Festivus will be a segment now for each show. Like Kiss World, News, Question of the Week, Festivus bit. Because every week it's the same thing. Like, I don't know what context these people are with like their their view of what's like relevant or what's an important band or what's good music. But 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 even even getting back to like just general feedback, which we're going to get into, like. I wish I cared about something (laughs) as much as these people care about whole you maybe using tracks or whatever. It's like it is consuming their lives. But in that, all those guys come out, and then all of a sudden it's the fucking ace shit again, the Tommy shit. It's like they have the same thing in their head. Oh, this isn't a fucking this is a cover band. But when you play fucking Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell 2 at the local bowling you're a real musician. You talking about it's a great album. Yeah, Kiss is a cover band. I think we get into this with Dawn. Oh, is Motley Crue a cover band? John Fye is doing the role of Mick Mars. I mean, we'll get into that, but oh. it's like, yeah, it's it. it oh. Look, I know th- this is like 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 Hyman Roth said, this is the business we we've don't. chosen. I didn't ask. I didn't ask. Who was the fifth keyboard player in Tora Tora? Exactly. Now, enjoy your cake. <laughs> enjoy. I've calmed down All right. now with that being said every week we get ready for feedback and we love to talk about our favorite advertiser our buddy Tony from ABCPA Inc hey loudcasters ABCPA Inc is an accounting firm located in the suburbs of Chicago that can assist you with all of your accounting and tax needs For business, they offer bookkeeping, financial statements, payroll processing, payroll tax returns, sales tax returns, filing your federal and state income tax, and helping to start your own business. For individuals, they offer help with sole proprietorships, rental real estate, trust and estate tax returns, and filing federal and state incomes, personal tax returns. They have access to all 50 states. So whether you live in Kentucky or 
Oklahoma. ABCPA Inc. can prepare and e-file on your behalf. Did you know Kiss Army? If you own a business with employees and have had a 20% reduction of revenue than you did in 2019 due to COVID or state-mandated shutdowns, you might be entitled to additional tax credits. Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn. Visit them on their website at abcpainc.com. That's abcpainc.com. Or email our buddy Tony at tony at abcpainc.com. That's Tony at abcpainc.com. Or call him at 708-430-3232. 708-430-3232. And a special announcement for tax season. Mention Shout It Out Loudcast when you contact Tony. And you will get a 10% off any of the services that Tony provides for you. Remember, mention Shout It Out Loudcast and our buddy Tony is going to hook you up with a discounted fee on any of your tax prep work that you want for Tony. Yeah, thank you, Tony. That's a great offer. We appreciate it. And he was saying that when people call him, sometimes he has to dig a little more to figure out if they came from us or not. So he's like, you know what? I love the show. I love our loudcasters. Let's give them 10% off. And that, therefore, hopefully they'll mention it and get that discount. So once again, thank you, Tony, the tax man, Barone, and ABCPA Inc. Yeah, ABCPA Inc. All right, feedback. Uh, Look, again, we said this before. It came by the boatloads, and we're thrilled for that, okay? Uh, But we got a great episode here with Don Jameson we want to get to. So we are going to do some feedback. Uh, We start off with the poll. And the poll was a simple one this week. Does it bother you that Paul uses tracks? Zeus, you want to take a guess at what the results for this were? No, definitely one. No one. 67% to 33. Now, our buddy Eddie Trunk is going to have a stroke when he hears these results. <laughs> All right. And we and we love Eddie. And we've been in contact with him since this episode dropped with Sink and Stanley. Oh, um, now here he comes. Sorry. Think of Stanley here, people, and listen. So 67, I'm sorry, 67% of the voters said, no, it does not bother you that Paul uses tracks. A couple comments here. Let's see what we got. Gray Flower says, when I heard that he used tracks, I was disappointed. However, the guys in his 70s and belting out songs and fronting the band for 50 years, cut him some slack. I'm happy to see Paul singing over a track and being able to put on a great show. Okay, fair enough. Derek Rolando, if you were lip syncing the whole time, that would be different. Backing tracks, no big deal. Nobody complained about Getty Lee from Rush where his backing vocals were coming out of the PA in three different octaves. I didn't know that. Did you? Yeah, they all do. But but that that leads me to another big argument that people were getting involved in with feedback saying, oh, he's, he's lip syncing. That microphone is, there's nothing coming out of that microphone. I'm like, ah, uh, tracks is not lip syncing, but tracks elevate what's coming out of the microphone. But we're not going to, we're not going to spend a whole fucking two hours on that. Ken Renton says, if I'm, if I'm paying to see you live, you better be playing live. Okay. Egghog says for normal band, sure. But Kiss has been about artifice most of their career from uncredited ringers playing instead of Ace, Peter, and Gene on many records, to keyboardists and vocalists hidden backstage during some of their non-makeup tours, there has always been trickery. That's actually a pretty good point right there, Agog. Hard to uh, hard to argue there. Uh, we'll get to some episode-specific comments right here real quick. 
Uh, oh, our good friend Courtney Cronin Dole Lane Kulik Tweed Simmons Spencer Ryan Cook. She says, I love how you were trying to tell Sink and Stanley that you wanted to talk to Tim. It reminded me of this. And then she sent a gif of the scene from Ghostbusters <laughs> when Sigourney Weaver is like, there is no Dana, only Zool. Great point. Oh, our girl Fiber Magic Queen. I'm in the middle of this episode. and I haven't laughed so much for ages. You needed a don't drink or eat disclaimer before this one. And we'll finish up Twitter with this one right here. Our buddy Jeremy White, who gives a flying F, he says. All right, good enough for me. That's Twitter. Over on the book of face, Tom, Ryan, Michael, Courtney, Cronin, Dole, Smith, Kulik, Lane, <laughs> Rodham, Clinton, Scott. <laughs> Props for staying up to date and releasing current event topics with Kiss World. One of the funniest episodes yet. I was laughing out loud when Tim would morph on a dime to Sink and Stanley. <laughs> that is true. Sink and Stanley here, people, and listen. Our buddy Scott Sunder says, love you guys, but I'm going to have to pass on this one. I get it, but it's just not for me. I look forward to next week's episode, which I'm sure will be another great episode of Shout Out Loudcast. Scott, that's your prerogative. No problem, buddy. You've been an awesome uh, uh, listener for a while and a Patreon member. You know, but we felt this is worthy of it. And from the reaction, so did most people. Beth Smakowski, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Beth. Tom Zeus, you got the best kiss podcast. Entertaining, guys. Wow, thank you. Scott Wheeler, glad you pushed back on Sinkin Stanley. He does seem like an asshole to me <laughs> who has decided what is best. And won't stop until he's proven right. He's obsessed and needs to get a life. You know why I love that comment? Because Scott is such a nice guy. Like he's such a he's a, such a longtime fan and listener of the show. For him to talk like that, you I could you could just tell he's just frustrated. But Scott, thank you, thank you, buddy. We always love hearing from you. He's an asshole. <laughs> I know Sink and Stanley's laughing right now. Sink and Stanley here, people, and listen. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, so many comments. Sink Army. Like, dude, don't I... get your minions in here putting all that. And there's a fucking another wannabe that's posting all sorts of shit all over the Loudcasters group. Which, by the way, that's a perfect segue if I can interrupt here real quick. Yeah. Guys, we have almost 5,000 people on our Loudcasters group, and we have all kinds of fun in there. But I'm going to tell you right now, shit is going to be taken down if you guys cross the line. And me and Zeus are going to determine what that line is. Because within the past week, we have had to remove a handful of shit. So wow. you can try to get away with what you think you're going to get away with. But we don't get into stuff that involves sexual stuff, making fun of, like, you know, we don't we don't go there. Okay, we just don't. We know it when we see it. That's the it, definition. Exactly, exactly. Don't take it personal. Now, if you want to post a gif of Peter North spilling on <laughs> on somebody, that's fine. That'll be that that'll be completely allowed, but that's different. Oh no. Uh oh Kevin Jepson. Oh jeez. Here we go, Tom. Okay, I gotta say to Tim's point about 
being a musician. Oh, God. Put down your rock band guitar, Jepson. Just because your hair looks like Edgar Winter doesn't make you a musician. <laughs> we love Jepson. Giggity, giggity. Uh, I don't care that Paul uses them. To me, he's earned that right. He was arguably one of the greatest singers of his genre. Once you're in your 70s, well, God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. Uh, being a musician myself, <laughs> what really pisses me off is these young bands starting out and using them. Like the band falling in reverse, canceling oh. the show because they lost their laptop. Yep. Now that's inexcusable. Anyway, happy you got him on finally. I don't agree with him on lots, but it's entertaining. Think before you sing. <laughs> that's a good one. Jepson, good one, buddy. Was that Kevin Jepson or was that Kavan <laughs> Jepson? <laughs> oh, our buddy Steve Wright, and good. I'm glad he brought this up because I want to vent on this. Good. Listening right now. Phil isn't with Ace because he's on tour with Europe with that with Accept. We know that. I mentioned that a long time ago when Zach Throne came in the band. The point being that he just dropped a second guitarist. He didn't add a new bass player. Right. He made Ryan Scott, Spencer Cook, fucking Kulik, Cronin, Simmons, Tweed become the bass player. And only Jeremy's playing guitar. That was the point. And if I'm yelling at you, my buddy Steve, is because you're like the 100th person that's told yep. us this and then feels the need. Oh, oh, you don't understand. Feels with accept right now. We know. Oh, and by the way, and by and and and, and just an addendum on that there. We love Phil. We've had him on the show. Great guy, nicest guy. We're not fans of Accept, so don't, you know, don't fault us if we don't know every single thing about Accept. But we know that Phil is with Accept. But that being yeah. said, Steve, we love you, buddy. Yeah, it's just everybody's like fucking. That's not the point. The point is he dropped the member. That right. was the point. Right. Holy fuck balls! Here's a fucking DM. Did you guys know? Okay, fucking. Ex- well, that's because the Accept cult comes out. Oh, fucking. Balls to the wall, fucking oh, suck rips. <laughs> Night of the living bands that suck, as Bud had said. Jesus Christ. Oh. Daniel Holler Houston. Perfect 50th birthday present. Happy birthday, Daniel. All right. Happy birthday, buddy. I ran an extra half mile because I was laughing so hard and lost track of my route. Tim is fucking insane. I love it. I had a hard time personally getting worked up that a seven-year-old with a heart problem needs vocal assistance. P.S. I am a musician. <laughs> and drum triggers bother me more than the vocal stuff. Kiss was using those to assist Peter dating back to 96. Great episode. That's an awesome point. And that all kind of leads to when we get to our question of the week, we have a very topical question of the week. So stay tuned for that, as I hope you guys always do anyways. I'll end on uh, the Loudcasters group with this, Doug Bentley, who we met on the uh, cruise. That's right. Uh, Doug says, I've always found Sinkin' Stanley to be super cringeworthy, unlistenable. But this interview is huge. Drunk Doc's lips were as loose as, as a, well, you get the point. I'm sure Paul is pissed. Personally, and as a musician, uh oh, we offended Doug. I don't give a shit about tracks. 
just be grateful to be able to see a kiss show 44 years after I saw the dynasty tour. Nice. Oh, and I would definitely see sinking Stanley and Joey Casada at the same table at a wedding. Just a barrel of good vibes, those two. What the hell is Doug's problem with Casada? That's not the first time he's that is the most random thing. Come on, man. Joey's the man. I love Joey. I I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer and he never will be, but he's the man. Exactly. He's not a Hall of Famer. No, he's not. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. All right. On our Instagram page, our buddy Radio Chaos. Great episode, guys. Uh, This point is not whether Kiss is using tracks or not. The point is the hypocrisy of using while at the same time spewing rhetoric such as we're the best we've ever been. All of Gene's comments in the past about live performances, including Paul's smart-ass comments on the cruise about we're not really playing live. When individuals invest almost a life's worth of emotion, not to mention money, they deserve the truth. Stop the rhetoric. Just tell the truth. The issue isn't the tracks or not. It's the issue is all the rhetorical bullshit. Keep it up, guys. Love yous. Oh, and he had that last follow-up part to it, too. I'm sorry. Uh, and furthermore, Doc's comments, it's part of a process. He sings every song. Cut it out. The truth is, tracks are running all the time, because if they weren't, you wouldn't hear Paul's voice, and it would sound Terrible. I don't know what terrible is. I don't know if he misspelled terrible. Keep the tracks for God's sake. Just cut the bullshit. Part mm. of the process. Give me a break. Love you, mate. Interesting. Okay. Now, over on our YouTube page, there's oh like fucking God. 50 comments, and 90% of them are probably sink army maniacs. Marty White, do you think when Paul turns someone's lawn upside down, he hires Chris Cola and Cusano Landscaping Company? Oh, geez. Uh, uh, Patrick, it's funny how music fans get when they are posed with questions regarding playing music in a live setting when they aren't musicians. I love it. Some respect the fact that being a musician doesn't necessarily give you the right to pass judgment, but at least a different perspective. Others get defensive and argue if they were in court. If people have never passed a bar or even opened a book about the law, had something to say about attorneys, who would listen to them? That doesn't ever happen. I guess it's because no one really wants to be a lawyer. Now, I don't know if Patrick is trying to take a shot at me because <laughs> it sounds like it. Nah. Nah, yeah. Um, But give me a fucking break. If someone fucking tells me if they listen to the OJ trial that they thought OJ's guilty, you think I'm going to go up there and say, well, you're not an attorney. You don't understand that. Right. It's a fucking idiot. It's the yep. same thing with, well, you're not a musician. You don't understand what it means. 
fuck. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. And I don't know if you meant that as to me. I'm just saying in general. I don't think one has anything to do with the other. You can have an opinion one way or the other. I truly don't understand the, the as a musician thing. I, I, know, I know Tim said it and all this. I, I don't understand what that has to do with your opinion on someone using tracks. I don't get that. But th- th- what I the- would say is somebody like Vince Neil might have a fucking different perspective to say, look, I'm getting fucking destroyed because I won't do tracks. That's a perspective that I would understand and respect. If he's saying, I, I still won't do tracks because I feel I'm cheating them. I'd rather them listen to this fucking cat dying yeah. that I do. Yeah. On track. That's yeah. a perspective, but yeah. not the fucking, the guy that fucking plays uh, half the show as a musician, half the show as a magician. I, 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 oh, well, who's that? Play, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a fun show. Or at kids' birthday parties. Like, shut the fuck up. Come on. That's nothing to do with anything. Whether you're a real musician or you're a fan listening. You can have an opinion about it one way or the other. I I agree. (laughs) Charles Bronson. Yellow belly punk. I think Paul either gave Tim herpes or AIDS for Tim to be so relentlessly stocky towards senior citizen Paul. Stocky. Or or Paul yelled at Tim to get off his lawn. Oh, man. Yeah, we get a bunch of it's not the tracks, it's a bunch yeah. of lies. Uh Gene is eating his words from a few years ago. That was Mike Brewer. Um, there is just I, I mean, there's way, way too many comments. The last one I'll leave you with is this one. John Henry Thomas. Wasn't he an ET? Henry Thomas was. <laughs> Underneath 15 comments of yay, sinking Stanley, sinking Stanley rules. What a pathetic stalking loser <laughs> that he takes pride in this shit is just plain creepy and oh, says boy. a lot about us as a society. If I was Paul, I'd ramp up my security. I mean, going to the gallery and following them to the restaurant afterwards. This dude has got some problems. Anytime one person sets out to destroy someone's profession or character is just plain sick. Sorry, he's not funny at all. Can't believe Tom, with all your sight diagnosis of Paul, you seem so casual about this. Had to listen, but in so many ways disturbing. Hopefully, Tim's not a future Mark David Chapman. Tom, over to you. Oh, believe me, I have absolutely diagnosed Tim very easily. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this episode right now doing it or in, in public, uh, but believe me, yeah. Look. <laughs> it's because of the way he's doing this right now. We we get a kick out of it. There are times he's over, he crosses the line and stuff and doesn't, and we don't post his shit. Tim has been very supportive of our show from day one. He's funny as fuck at times. And there are times you roll your eyes and say, he's obviously obsessed. I said it to him. I say it to him in our DMs, our emails. Our correspondence, I said it to him on the air. He's got fucking problems. Okay? It is what it is. But to sit there and say he's going to fucking murder him, give me a break. Come on, guys. And, Tom, that's what I got. Over to you. All right. Uh, We got a shit ton of emails as well. And, you know, we thank everybody, as like we always do for our emails. Tons of great ones, of course. But we're only going to read a few here. 
Uh, this comes from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. You can send us messages directly through the website, and they come to us in the form of an email. From Mr. Antonio2005, right out of the gate, Sinkin Stanley cuts a wrestling promo that even the Nature Boy Ric Flair would be proud of. Chip Magoo gets mad respect for doing the interview and not taking it too seriously. But it kind of reminds me of when Ted Williams was asked by Stuttering John if he ever accidentally farted in the catcher's face during a game. To which 80-year-old Ted looked in shock and disbelief and then threatened his ass. Great episode, guys. <laughs> Fucking great. Fucking stuttering John. Oh, it's so good. All right. Uh, then we get another one here from our good buddy, Craig Moran. Love the episode. Absolute podcast gold. I could listen to Sink and Stanley slash Tim all day long. I'm on Tim's side in this debate. I absolutely hate Paul's fake singing in concert. They blasted bands for doing this exact same thing 25 years ago. If I'm paying over 100 bucks a ticket, not only do I want to see a good show, but I'd like it to be live. If they're going to tour and use tracks, so be it. They don't care about my opinion, but I'd like to see them be upfront about it. Let people have all the information and let them make their own informed decision. I'd love to see how their numbers would be if Paul himself admitted he wasn't singing live. As for Doc, I'm sure Paul didn't give a shit about Doc's Peter comment on the cruise, but you can bet Paul went scorched earth on him after this comment. Yep. Nice. Nice. We're going to finish feedback up with a couple emails from our good buddy, Eddie Trunk, who's very passionate about this topic. Hey, guys, heard the sinking episode. And since my name was invoked a few times, wanted to chime in on some stuff. Wait a minute. Did he say, hey, guys, hey, guys. Eddie Trunk here. Bruce Kulik. Wow. Hey, guys. Bruce Kulik. Sinkin' Stanley. Wow. What a stalker. What a name. What a character. (laughs) (laughs) Great Simmons. (laughs) He's coming on next week. Heard the Sinkin' episode, and since my name was invoked a few times, wanted to chime in on some stuff. A number of times you referred to Tim as my buddy and (laughs) sounded as if he was a regular on my show. Not the case. I do not know him at all. All right. I got to cut Eddie. We love you, buddy. When we said buddy, that was us being sarcastic punks. (laughs) We know that you're not buddies with him. You guys are going to concerts together, Eddie. Come on. You know it. He called in once in character for a minute. I took his call on the listener line. Then I had him on as Tim when the doc story broke. I insisted during then that he did not do the voice since I was interested only in the story and admission by doc of the track. Just wanted to provide some clarity on this. We know, Eddie. Also, I respect all opinions and everyone's right to have them. But I will never understand people's acceptance to spend their hard-earned money to go see a live show and have it be anything but live. To Tom's point about not caring, I would ask, what do you go and see a band play live for? Well, to, I'll answer that, Eddie. I, I go to see a band. Period. That's just me. That's my. I go to, I go to be entertained. Um, Eddie continues, Kiss may ironically be the outlier here because people actually do go just for the show. But just about any other band, what's the point? How can anyone fairly talk about if a band was good or bad or had an on and off night if it's a computer that will have them sound the same every night? To me, the bands I love, I have always loved because of the music they make and their ability to deliver it live when I go see them, warts and all. The whole magic of a rock show to me is how they deliver it. 
the narrative, everyone does it now, could not be more wrong. I'd say 50 to 60% of the bands from all eras do not. And trust me, they are way more upset with what's happening than I am. Imagine honing your craft to do it live, then have a track act follow you and it's all tapes. And then everyone's saying how great they sound. It's truly insane. I cannot sing or write a song. But if it doesn't matter if it's live, what's stopping me from going on tour? To me, the acceptance to all of this is what's truly killing rock and roll and blowing my mind. And if you can't do it anymore, then go do something else. I'd much rather see artists I love go away with dignity intact than become a shell of what they once were. This isn't just about Kiss. It's about anyone that is charging people money for a live show that is not primarily live. And I am not talking about effects, loops, a keyboard here or there. I can live with that. But so many bands doing so much more, and it's a really dangerous, slippery slope. Again, what is the point of going to hear a band live if it's not live? To me, the acceptance of this, which is now the norm in pop music, is where a truly great live rock show will soon become a thing of the past. And that, to me, as a lifelong rock fan, is scary as hell. P.S. Casada for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he said that, that. I'm really reading that. Hope you're both well, and thank you for listening, Eddie. That's a great email. But Eddie wasn't done. One more thing. Singing over tracks is exactly the same as lip syncing, at least to me. The level to the track and the mix is decided by the sound guy. Who rides the level of the track depending on what's needed? If a singer is shot, it's pretty much all track equals lip sync. Every single person who totally lip syncs still has a live mic. You have to in order to ad lib and speak to the crowd. But if the track is 80% of the mix on any given night, that's not lip syncing. I love debating this. Happy to anytime. And again, respect all opinions. And again, I feel this way about any band, not just Kiss. A live rock show should be live, simple as that. It's the entire basis and measuring stick for how any band is. Last point. If it's not such a big deal, why do so many that do it deny it and hide it? Best to you both. This is why we love Eddie. Strong, passionate, informed opinions. Eddie, you (laughs) are our comment of the week. Thank you for chiming in. We love that. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. (laughs) Yeah, we love it, Eddie. Thank you for that. Uh, We know you're passionate about it, but Tom, he kind of posed a a question there. So I'd love to hear what your response is. Yeah, I I kind of answered it. I I talked to, I talked about it during the the episode. I get it. Would I prefer tracks? No, of course not. But to me, and and maybe Eddie brings up a point. Maybe it, it maybe because it's Kiss, because they are about the show. It doesn't bother me. Maybe if I when I go see Metallica on the on the tour, maybe if I found out James was using tracks, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck? That's bullshit. But maybe he's right. Maybe because Kiss is about the show, that is a little bit easier for me to swallow. Maybe if I were to go see a smaller club show, you know, we're going to see the Winery Dogs in a, in a couple of weeks. Maybe if I find out Richie Cotson's using tracks and be like, dude, that's bullshit. What are you doing? So maybe maybe I'm a hypocrite, or maybe I just pick and choose how I prefer tracks to be used if they used at all. I don't know, but I get I get Eddie's point. I totally get it. Yeah. And with that, Tom, we're gonna move on and give a shout out to our Patreon family. Woohoo! Our Patreon family continues to grow. This week, we are thankful and appreciative for Ryan M., who joins us as a Star Child member. 
Ryan, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We think you're really going to like it here with the family and uh, all the members of our Patreon family. We thank you. You guys help the show tremendously. The growth of the show has been uh, with Patreon's help insane, especially the last year and a half or so. It just continues to grow. That's why we get great guests like Don Jameson today. So, Ryan, thank you. And anybody else that's interested in joining our Patreon family, you can go to our awesome website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. Right there on the landing page, there is a Patreon uh, button. Click that. It brings you to our Patreon page. You can join as four different tiers, four different levels, and each level comes with different perks that we give. Uh, Our Patreon family get a lot of them, and we always add stuff. We're constantly growing uh, what we offer to our Patreon members because we love the family and we love the involvement, Uh, whether it's uh, episode involvement, whether it's videos and live stuff that we do with each other, whether it's uh, merch and T-shirts and stickers and other stuff. Or whether it's like picking our album review crew episode, which we're doing coming up, we'll be a Patreon member. Don't forget, March Madness is coming up. Patreon family, you guys are involved. So all that being said, please, if you want to really help the show, take a look at our Patreon uh, account. You can find it on Shout It Out Loudcast, the website.com. You can find it at Patreon, the app or you can find it on patreon.com and search for creators and you'll find shout it out loudcast and join the family and join the fun and help the show. Thank you to Ryan and thank you to our Patreon family. You guys rock Ryan. And thank you so much for becoming a member of our Patreon family. Huge, huge gratitude appreciation to you for that we truly appreciate it to everyone in our amazing patreon family that keeps growing we're so happy to have you guys on board and we're truly grateful for the support you give to the show to keep the show growing and keeping it alive and uh keeping it the best show that we can continue to give you guys so thank you again special shout out to ryan m and tom what we do next is we hop on over to kiss world find out what's going on over there yeah so uh in kiss related news Everybody on social media uh, in general and then on our social medias, they're sharing pictures of them uh, finding that Kiss magazine that's out there. Uh, 50 Years of Kiss, The Ultimate Guide. Um, I found it myself at my local supermarket. I got it. Uh, I have a bunch of these things. They they put these things out there. I got one for Rush, Zeppelin, Van Halen. They make them for like Star Wars and Marvel. They're like these collector's issue like type of things. Uh, and this is the ultimate guide to guess 50 years of hits, the stories behind the songs, friendships, fights, and fame, and how they change music forever. And the cover of it is the band from the reunion tour in 96. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a, it's a really good, it's a good magazine. Um, it, it, it breaks up into different, uh, categories is interviews. It, it talks about albums and songs and artwork. And it, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's not bad. It's, it, it's not like, ah, this is stupid. What am I going to read? What am I going to do with this? Uh, so if you can find it, I, I would strongly urge you to get it. I mean, we're all, we're all kiss tired say, as so we get everything, but it's definitely a nice collector's piece. Um, and another big thing, which was kind of shocking, was on the opening night, I believe it was the opening night of the uh, Motley Crue tour, our buddies Peter and Ace were there. 
and took some pictures backstage. So that was kind of cool to see. Peter looks awesome. Yeah, he looks better than Ace. <laughs> Ace looked like a fucking puppet on a string. And it was great because there was uh, Def Leppard's uh, Rick Allen was there, took a photo with Peter. Yep. Uh, Tommy Lee took a photo with Peter. Uh, obviously, John Five is friends with them all. They took photos and they're there to support. I remember they toured with each of them. Def Leppard, they toured with. Uh, actually, I think there was the Tommy Eric toured with Def Leppard. It wasn't Peter or Ace, but they know the band, obviously. And then uh, they toured with Motley Crue, obviously. That's right. there's, a, there's a connection there. Those yep. are heartwarming. I love seeing that. And I too. love Me when too. I see Peter in good health and good spirits. So. That's fantastic. Uh, Tom, a couple other quick things I want to mention is off the soundboard, Poughkeepsie is now available on Amazon. You can pre-order there and get it on release day, or you can be an idiot and order from fucking Kiss Online and get it, I don't know, by New Year's. Hey, what about, I'm not an idiot. I I, I had to get it because yeah, I needed my colored you, vinyl. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know you like the vinyl stuff, but you get you always, but you also stream, so you can listen to it regardless. Right. Yeah. Somebody like me with the physical, like I need to get the CD and buy it that day. So, and then also, you're right. We just posted it on our uh, social media accounts. The box set, Creatures of the Night, is back down to $185. So, why the fuck would anybody buy it from Gets Online again? So, yeah, take a look at those. And we like to post those things. Up from time to time, if something's on Amazon, I don't know, kind of to troll kiss a little bit, but yeah, we love doing that. And speaking of uh, off the soundboard Poughkeepsie and Creatures of the Night, they released the first single on streaming from the Poughkeepsie off the soundboard, and it's Creatures of the Night. (laughs) So everybody is fired up for this animalized tour off the soundboard, and the first fucking single they release is Creatures of the Night. (laughs) Really, people? What are you doing? After you just released a box set. Exactly. I'm like, Jesus Christ, who's in charge of this? Uh, But whatever. It's it's there, and, you know, we'll... we'll, I can't... That comes out in uh, April. That's going to be a fucking killer album review. Your your buddy Paul Stanley also put a picture on Valentine's Day of him and his wife. It's the same fucking Christmas photo of the two of them in their PJs. Yeah, and you can see the tree in the background. Like, dude, you haven't taken a picture with your wife since (laughs) Christmas? Because that's when they came freshly out of the fucking steam room or someone put an iron to their face because they have neither of them have a wrinkle on their face. They they look like they look like department store mannequins. Yeah. Like they don't look they don't they don't look like humans. Yeah. So, yeah. And in terms of kiss specific related news, uh, no new dates, nothing, nothing U.S. Still just the tour dates from uh, South America and Europe, nothing from the U.S. So I don't know what the hell they're waiting for. Right now it is February 15th and we got nothing. Yeah, it's because of the drama created by Sink and Stanley with Doc. Yeah, and they there's fucking they, issues there. Maybe because they're getting new fucking management. Like that's exactly right. Yeah, you're probably right. Because now, now it's going to be Chris Cusano and McGee landscaping. Because it's now more than 10 days when Doc said it would have been out. Yep. The last right. date, right? Yep. Yep. All right, Tom, before we get to the interview with Don Jameson, uh, give me a second. I'm going to go see about the the super across the way. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. 
Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, I was just uh, plugging in the mics. And the reason I was doing that was because uh, 
they weren't even plugged in. So maybe the, maybe there is something going on here with these tracks. The mics weren't even plugged in. I just had to take care of that. So yeah. we're back though. Oops. Well, Tom, we talked about it. We were in cahoots to uh, get Dawn on for a while. And thankfully we were able to arrange it. Uh, a tip of the hat too, to our good, lovely friend, Courtney Cronin, Kulik, Sweeney, fucking Rodham Clinton, fucking Delano Roosevelt, fucking Buchanan Cook Spencer. There you go. Yeah, no, this is great. I, we love Don Jameson from from the days back at that metal show uh, to obviously his comedy. He's got that nice edgy comedy that we love that is hard to find these days because everybody's so afraid to make offensive jokes. Uh, Don's a great guy, a huge Kiss fan, huge rock and metal fan. Uh, and of course, he's just a funny guy and a great guy to talk music with and Kiss. And we just had a great time. Very, uh, very good conversation about Kiss specifically and just the world of rock and tracks and all those kinds of things in general. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Without further ado, Don Jameson. All right, we're excited to have a very special guest. Uh, Zeus and I have gone way back, uh, being big fans of him. Uh, he's a comedian. He is one of the three hosts of one of the great shows. We wish it would come back. That metal show. Uh, and he's all over the place with our buddies, Eddie Trunk, with our buddies, Courtney Cronin, Dold Lane, Kulik, Spencer Cook. We we welcome <laughs> Don Jameson to the show. Don, what's up, buddy? Yes, it took it took uh, Courtney with with multiple last names to finally lock this down. But uh, I'm psyched yep. to be here with you guys, and uh, and I hear all great things about this podcast. So and obviously being a Kiss maniac uh, since I was a kid, I'm ready. Awesome, nice, great, great to have you, Don. Nice, Don. What we always do is we start off with these questions called Murph questions. Murph was uh, Tom's college roommate, and we were all sweet mates in college, and. Uh, by the way, fun fact, in 1994, was it, or three? Yep. Um, we dressed up as Kiss and Makeup to the Halloween party at, at college prior to them putting the makeup on. And everybody looked at us like, what the fuck is wrong with these idiots? <laughs> yeah, this Kiss wasn't even on the radar. This is pre-reunion. This is between, after revenge. This is, this is yeah. after revenge. Me, Zeus, our buddy Murph, and another one of our buddies, Mike, we walked into the, it was like the big college Halloween thing. Everybody goes, what the fuck are these idiots doing right now? <laughs> we had our faces painted. We thought we thought we were the shit. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're not the shit. But anyways. <laughs> no, but, you, you know, it's funny because when, when you like Kiss, you know, when you were young and, and in high school and, 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 you know, like I did and, and nobody really liked you. Um, you think you grow out of that eventually, but I, I guess not. It's, you don't grow out of it. No, look at us it now. It still haunts no. you after all these years. Yep. No, yep. no. You just become what's later known as a kiss tard. And uh, oh, we are yeah. proud members. So um, anyways, these questions are uh, after Murphy was our first guest. So we want to ask everybody that comes on. Do you have a favorite kiss member? And when I ask these questions, you could say growing up, but now it's so-and-so. But do you have a favorite Kiss member? Whatever you want. Well, I heard Ace has a really big member. <laughs> I don't know if That's Peter has the big member, right? Well, I, Ace, Ace claims in his book his is pretty big, too. So, um, oh. but uh, <laughs> Ace doesn't remember. He's talking about Peter's. He has no. Anyway, do I have a big cock or just Peter? I don't know. 
<laughs> oh God, you know, God bless Ace. It's yeah. Sometimes the wires don't don't uh, cross at all times, but um, I don't know. I you know, I'm I'm. It's between it's between Ace and probably it's between Ace Ace and Gene. Uh, okay. I would say um, I I give the the edge to Ace because I I played guitar. I bought a Les Paul when I was young nice. because of it. Um, but, um, I, I, I never really got too far as a, a musician, luckily for all you guys. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, Ace was the guy, you know, the smoking guitar, you know, the, the fireworks coming out of the end, just all that cool stuff that, that, that Ace created. And of course, just that style of playing, it's that, that he played solos that you could whistle or hum. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, everybody yep. loves them and yep. you can recognize his solos. Um, do you have a favorite Kiss song? It could be today. Could be growing up. Could be anything. I mean, I think I think what I have to go through too is what's the first one I heard out of the gate when I was ten years old? Detroit Rock City. I mean, yeah. there you go. I, you know, to me, if like if you say one Kiss song for the rest of your life, that's the one. It's epic. It's it's a, a rocker. The solos great. Like, there's everything's great about it. Yep. Can't argue yeah. with Detroit Rock City ever. Of course, um, great opener. Great live opener. Oh you know, yeah, those guys for years. So yeah, that's that's the one. Yep. Do you have a favorite Kiss album? Well, I mean, okay, again, just you know, going. I always when I get can't decide, I I go back to the roots, and it's usually one of the first ones that you heard, right? That's how yep. where you figure it out. So so nostalgically, it's it's Destroyer, but. Um, you know, then I put on Creatures of the Night. And I go, damn. You know, Creatures of the Night is a great album too. So, yep. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll just stick with Destroyer. Okay. Perfect. Okay. How many Kiss concerts have you gone to in your life? You know what? Not not a lot. Um, maybe a half dozen, and most okay. of them were with with without the makeup. So yeah. Okay. What was your you first? My my parents didn't my parents didn't want me anywhere near that world. Although, <laughs> you know, I pestered them to buy me the albums, and I put all the posters on the wall and on my ceiling in my room. I mean, I was like mental about That's it. Awesome. You know, I I had the kiss cards. Oh yeah, yes. The molding of all the door around all the doors. <laughs> you know, nice. So it got nuts. But um, I'm trying to think. I think the first time I saw Kiss was. It was a, a warm-up show, I think, for the reunion tour um, in '96 okay. at like the Ritz or something in New York. So oh, wow! It, it took me a while to um, to see my idols because you know back in the day with the makeup again, it was like they're one of those bands that was just like a year, year and a half too young yep. to to get there. You know, I know Eddie talks about it. It makes me so mad that you know he went to a show at Madison Square Garden where um, Billy. Uh, Squires band Piper opened. Piper, yep. Yeah, and that was seventy nine. And it's like I don't think I went to a concert to like eighty one ish ever. You know, so okay. it took me a while to see Kiss. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it's tough with him because they're like, yeah, the Palladium. That's when Eric Carr. Oh, I saw. I was there, and you're like, yep. what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Tom's was the hot in the shade. I was uh, the reunion. I didn't even get uh, same thing. I didn't get to many concerts before that era. And unfortunately, I missed a lot of those earlier ones. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Hot in the shade with uh, slaughter opening up, opening up. That yeah. that was that was the show right there. Holy shit! Incredible. Yep. Do you have My, a favorite kiss memory? 
And that could be, we always say the same thing. It could be when you were 10 years old. It could be yeah. I during met your Gene dirt- and had lunch with him. I fucking, my first, <laughs> you know, my first gatefold, I opened up a live to all sorts of shit. Well, well, listen, that opening up that gatefold for the first time, absolutely, uh, of a live too, left such an impression. But, you know, listen, for me, it's, it's having Ace, both Ace and Peter on that metal show, you know, just oh, as yeah. right. yep. I've gotten to really know them over the years and they're both such terrific guys. So, you know, the fact that they even know that I exist is, incredible uh now the other guys also know that i exist but uh you know we we never quite got them on that metal show and i think most people know a little bit of that history but um, oh yeah of course (laughs) but but paul i gotta say even when paul called us wayne's world i i i thought it was we all thought it was funny like that didn't make me not like paul i was sort of like you know we were all like we wish we were wayne's world we'd be making a lot more money than we are classic Yep. Yeah, we see the nice photo of you with Peter right in the behind you there. Oh man, Peter. Peter's my guy. As Tom knows, I talk about it on the show all the time. Yep. I love him. I, mean, I just saw the photo of him in uh, Ace at John Five's concert. Yeah, and Molly Crew. Great. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah John Five's concert. Uh, yeah, with that <laughs> band. Uh, what's it called again? <laughs> Motley uh, Crew. <laughs> oh yeah, them. It's, yeah, it's, I, they're renaming it John, John Five's Motley Crew. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be might surprised. As, <laughs> might as well. Apparently, he's the only one who can play uh, <laughs> because uh, everybody else is on tracks. Apparently, so well, that that's the other big thing going around. We just got a, a an email from uh, our mutual bud Eddie, who uh, wrote War and Peace to us, talking about Sinking Stanley. That guy. I don't know if you're familiar with him. We just had him on our show last week. He's uh, Tim. He's been. Uh, He's, he's been causing a lot of havoc in the metal world yeah. by talking about everybody. And he just put something up where I was saying Stephen Piercy from Rat said that like Nikki Nikki Six's bass is on tracks or something. It's not even playing live. So I know Tommy Lee had an incident. Vince Neil sounds like shit. Thankfully, John Five. That's why it's his band. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of crazy. That's a whole other topic that we could get into if you want to. But get into it, absolutely. But, but I, I, I did want to tell you the, about with Peter because, yeah. um, you know, I saw Peter over the summer when when Rob Zombie came around. They played in New Jersey at the uh, the outdoor shed near me. Yep. And uh, Florentine and I went down there, and um, you know, Rob was like, you know, we're having a we're having a birthday party for, for John, you know, backstage. Why don't you come on back? So we went back and, and of course, Peter was there because him and John become such good friends. And I was so happy to see Peter. And he looked, like you said, he looked great. And he was mm-hmm. in such great spirits. And I, I spent about 10 minutes with him and he was like, Don, I'm going to do new music sooner than later you know I, you know i don't know really? about live performing anymore but i'm definitely i i got to rock some rocking new stuff that i'm going to get out there um feeling really good and he was so positive and upbeat and i loved that mm. and you know and john, look john's the type of guy when you're around him you, you can't help but feel upbeat cuz that's that's what he's all about he's one of the most positive you know friendly fun guys that's awesome. Yeah, and he's a and he's a massive Kiss fan himself too, obviously. So that's that's pretty amazing. But yeah, so I mean, again, we don't want it. It it 
this has turned into such a thing now because we're such Kiss fans and because we're a Kiss centric podcast. Zeus and I has, have made our statement and our feelings pretty clear, especially specifically last week with the whole tracks thing and how this is, you know, when Eddie has his stance and we respect it. Is this a big deal? Like, I mean, you have your, you, you have, with what you do in your career, you have your finger on the pulse. I mean, you're at, you're at all these festivals, sometimes with Eddie, sometimes on your own with Jim. What is going on, generally speaking, in the world, whether it's Kiss or these other festivals with tracks? I mean, obviously, some bands don't care. They admit to them. Other bands are like, oh, fuck, no, we don't do those. Talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing, what you're hearing. What do you think of this whole thing that's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, it's funny, man, um, especially with the Kiss situation, because, again, Kiss has been part of my life for 45 years. Us too, yeah. So, um, you know, I th- and and I think it's pretty obvious what what's going on there, um, particularly with Paul. But um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it's weird to to now be an adult and have loved this band all this time, and now I know too much because I know crew guys and I know you know sound guys and ba- and and they all tell me, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, you know, I think Eddie says it best in, in terms of if we keep if we keep buying tickets to go see these um, more and more bands will do. It, and that's what you're seeing. Obviously, you know, for me, I look at it this way. I, I would say probably 95 percent of the bands that I see play live. Yep. Okay. So it's it's not that big a deal in my world, but yeah, in the bigger world of music, especially rock, where what's the great thing about rock? It's just that raw. Just you know, you hit a bad note, it doesn't matter. You're it's the, you know it's the energy, it's the stage show, it's the songs. Nobody yep. cares if you hit a wrong note. Nobody cares if you sing a wrong note by accident. It's all part of the night. So in that sense, yeah, but. Yeah, I was put off when I, when I went to see like Wasp and the tracks were just so obvious. And it was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I could listen to the CD at home. I love Wasp, you know, but right. I don't need to listen to I don't need to pay for a ticket and listen to the CD, at, you know, at, an hour from my house at a, at a live venue. But um, so, you know, I look at it as like, you know, most of the bands I like don't use tracks. Um, and there's some bands that I do like that use tracks and admit to it. So uh, that's up to them. You know, a lot of the modern bands, uh, especially with that big modern production, they're really trying to deliver that live. And, you know, you, you kind of have to, you need a little enhancement as Doc mm. said. Do you think, do you, do you think it's some of this is a product of these bands being put on, whether it's kiss or whether it's a, a new band that they, that they feel this pressure to sound so good because we're in the social media age, the YouTube age. And we know that when you're at a concert and you're in the moment, everything sounds just incredible, the energy. And then if you watch it on YouTube, you're like, ah, like, those guys sound <laughs> kind of rough. So those bands know that. And they're like, well, we don't want people to think that we sound rough. So we're going to use this so that we, you know what I mean? Do you think, I, I feel like social media has kind of fucked up a lot of good things, including a rock concert. Yeah, no, it's it's fucked up everything. Um, yeah, there's yeah it's all the same for you too, right? As a comedian, right? Well, uh, in in so many ways, but but listen, <laughs> I'm not that worried about being my shit getting put out there because I kind of fly a little bit under the radar, which is nice. 
Yeah. But in terms of what we're talking about, Tom, I said this 15 years ago on that metal show. These bands have to sound perfect every night because they know five minutes after the show's over, the whole concert's on YouTube. Exactly. And then what do people do? And and, and it's it's not a, a I don't think it's ever really some bands it might be an ego thing like we played like shit that night and I wish it wasn't it wasn't out there but again I, d- I don't care about that I, is it was it real was it live was it raw did it, were there a few mistakes but who cares it's a, it's a rock show right. but the problem is that people now are used to it they go to the, the and what do they do they go okay kiss end of the road tour is coming to my town let me go on YouTube and see the show they played last night in Cleveland. And, and they go, oh, it sounds like crap. I'm not paying for a ticket. And now the, the, the bands don't sell tickets because they, you know, they watched a, a video that someone recorded on their flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It, it's true. And, and it's, it's funny because there was a show I, Zeus and I have seen a, a ton of, have, have you seen any of the, any, have you seen kiss at all on the end of the road tour at all? No, I have oh, okay. not, and, and okay. not because I didn't want to. I just have not been have able to get to one. Yeah, so Zeus and I have seen a bunch of them. Some of them have sounded better than others. Uh, and I remember there was one in particular that was, we were really, we had a really good time. We were impressed. The band sounded good, whatever. And then, you know, you come home or the next day and you see people uploading it on YouTube and you're like, ooh, that doesn't, that sounded kind of shitty, but it, it sounded great when we were there. You know what I mean? So it's, it, you're right. These bands, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. And I, you know, part of me can't blame them, you know, because, you know, I try, I very, very rarely, I mean, almost never do that. Um, yeah. It's a band I'm just not on the fence about in general. Um, I also hate, I, don't, I also never go to the set list page either. That's another thing. It's like, yes, exactly. Ruins the whole mystique of the show. I mean, remember when we went to concerts when we were teenagers, you know, you, you waited four months, you went to Ticketmaster, you waited out yep. over night, you, then you bought the album and you waited four months for them to come to your town and you stood there in the arena or whatever. And it's the lights go out and it's just like, you have no idea what's coming, and and that's so exciting. You, you can't wait to find out what's happening. And now people go same thing with the YouTube to to hear the quality of what the band is doing. They'll also go, let me see the set list, and then decide if I, I can't do that. But the set, yeah. The sad part is though, if you just look at the set list from 2012 and on, it's the same fucking set list well, with kids. <laughs> You want you want all those songs, right? <laughs> right, you, right. You want you want your favorites in there, of course. But but with with um with a lot of bands, yeah, you you go, oh, they're doing the same 14 songs again. Oh, uh, they switched one out or whatever. I, I, this is why I see this is another trend that's going on. Now with a show, especially like KISS, um, you, you know, you this is like they have obviously the most incredible production of any rock band. And so everything has to be choreographed around that production. Yeah. Um, so to change the set list is, is much tougher for a band like kiss because a flash pot's going to go off here during the solo, you know, of this song and these fireworks are going to explode at a certain point in that song. And all that stuff has to be set to time somehow. Um you know, uh, but you see a lot of other bands that don't have big productions changing the set list way more than they used to. Judas Priest being one of the biggest who, you know, did not change the set list for a really long time. And I love Priest, 
But, you know, I had to, I took a break for a while. And then when Richie Faulkner came in, they, he started yeah. telling me, hey, we got to play genocide and tyrant. More and, songs. You know, yep. This one and that one and screaming for vengeance. And they started doing it again. And the fans responded so positively to it. And Absolutely. now Alice Cooper, since day one, always changes the set list. And I see a lot of rock bands doing this and it's very smart. Yeah. But if Metallica can do it, and Metallica, if, yeah. if the Stones can do it, then fucking Kiss can do it. That's how I look at it. But these are these are our same grievances we've had with them for years. But yet, like all us other Kiss tards, are you going to go see them next week? Yeah, I'm going to go see them. Yeah, <laughs> of course we go. <laughs> That's what we do. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, and I and I and it's the question that I always I'm always curious to hear everyone else's perspective, and that is the same thing. Never mind, just the. Um, you know, the tracks, how about the two members? Does it offend you as much as other people that Tommy and uh, and Eric wear makeup, the Catman and the Spaceman makeup? No, it, not really. I, it, it, um, I wish they were their own characters because, I mean, obviously we've seen other Kiss characters, you know, obviously Eric Carr, the Fox, and and uh, and Vinnie Vincent, the... Uh, the onk and all that. So, and you know, there, I think there was, um, they were considering it with Bruce Kulik at one point too, who said he'd be open to it, but, uh, yeah, I wish they were their own, but at the end of the day, and also again, knowing what we know now, which is eventually everyone in that band will be replaced. And it's yeah. more about the characters and the makeup than the people wearing them. That's absolutely yeah, true. It, it, it's it's true. Just, that's still a bad taste. Though, like for me, I, I don't care because I would. I like having the option to go see them. So for those that are purists, they're like, you know what? I'm all set. Then don't see them. Yeah. But for the, us, like, I don't give a shit. Like people, are like, oh, they took. The, look, look at fucking. I, I say the same thing. Guns and Roses. When fucking Izzy left, we what did we used to call them? The is he the is he one of me? Gilby Cock looks just Gilby, like him. Gilby I, Clark, yeah. Yeah, we don't call him Gizzy. Yeah. Like the fake Izzy is up there. Yeah. He looked the same. He Fizzy. has the same kind of look. Fizzy, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. We were calling him Fizzy. So I, yeah, there's certain people, you know, go look at Grand Funk Railroad. All those guys look the fucking same. I know Bruce is in there now. People like looked a part of a band, kind of. Yeah, he's wearing the the costume and stuff. We get it. But I'd rather that and that continues, then they're not going to do it at 70 something years old. Okay, here comes the new character. Like they've already branded it. It's a marketing thing at this point. It's not meant to steal from Ace and Peter. It's meant to just continue the marketing of the four so those four can always live on. So Gene's great grandchildren and Paul's can still make a fortune off those four faces. That's why I look at it. It's not an insult to the other guys. That's all I see it. No, I, and and listen, you know, back in the day when when you know you first found out that Ace was out of the band and there's going to be a new guitar player coming, those are the days where bands didn't switch members. Really, right. you know, very rarely did they switch. And we were younger then, and so it was that was like, wait a minute, did Kiss then Kiss is done, right? They, they, yeah. Bands didn't change members back then. Now bands are out there with one original member or sometimes yeah. zero original members. And, yeah. and, no, and nobody care. Like Eddie always says, if you pay to go see Foreigner and there's zero original yeah. members, 
they're going to keep doing it. And and I Billy, I had I took a girlfriend to see Foreigner, no original members, and nobody cared, and they just want to hear the songs and the logos there, and that's it. So I'm interested to see what people. You know, I'm I'm a Motley Crue fan. I mean, a more you know nostalgic like. So I know that Motley Crue is not Kiss in terms of makeup and costumes, but John Five replacing Mick Mars. Okay, obviously we Mick Mars's health issues are well documented. So God bless him. We know that he can't physically do it anymore. But does John Five coming in? I feel like what I'm seeing on social media, people that like. It almost like it had the reverse effect of what happened with Kiss, where it like it reinvigorated Motley Crue fans. Like, I love John Five. This is going to be awesome. But I'm like, but why is that? I feel like Mick Mars is just as beloved as a as a rock legend as you know. Maybe you know, maybe he's not Ace and Peter, but people love Mick Mars. But he's out of the band, and John Five is playing his role, and people people are embracing it. And they love it, and I'm is that. Is that hypocrisy or, or what, what do you think, Don? I know, I know, obviously, I know you're a crew fan, just like we all are, but is yeah. that a big deal to you or to anybody out there? I don't know. No, well, I think the difference is that, he, you know, John Five is not playing the character of Mick Mars. He's just and I think that's it. Yeah, exactly. He's taking his spot in the band. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's interesting is, you know, in, in a way, Mick Mars ha- has become a character in a sense. Because um, I got to tell you, when when Mick Mars came and did that metal show, you know, all I knew from Mick was having seen Motley, you know, countless times to that point um, is this dark, brooding, you know, (laughs) like wizard, you know, very like mysterious and dark. And and then you meet him and he's the nicest, sweetest guy and he loves to, he said, I love doing interviews. He goes, but I'm in a band with three other guys who love doing them more than me. So he goes, I never get to talk. I'm excited to do this with you guys today. And he was so cool and so gracious and still is to this day. Um, you know, but, but I think this mystique about him was kind of falsely created because he's in, he's in a band with these guys who are very big, very big personalities on stage. Yeah. And Mick sort of took this role of like, I'm going to be the dark, you know, wizard over here on the <laughs> side. But, but I'll tell you, Mick is a man. What a, what a, just a genuinely great, decent guy. And any musician you talk to who knows him will tell you the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think it's Nikki's band. So everybody oh, else yeah. has been replaced once. Totally. Yeah. You replace Nikki six. That's when Krug leaves. I think Yeah, he's the uh-huh. only one that has to be there. I think. And him and John are, you know, him and John have become really, really close over the last handful of years. So, you know, when I when I heard it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. You know, I'm sure that they've been discussing it for a while. And um, and just and as much as Mick being a, a great dude, uh, you know, I'll, I'll mention again uh, how great a dude, you know, John is. And I know how excited he is to be doing this and what a fan of Motley he, you know, that he's been. So, you know, I could see, I I watched some of the clips and he, he, you know, you could tell he's, he's a little kid up there and uh, I'm bummed he's not in zombie anymore, but you know, uh, you know, I think he, yeah, he's going to keep that band. He bought them a a few more years for sure. Yeah. Uh, So this is kind of a, this is kind of kiss related, but it's also kind of a a more, a, a broader question too. kiss famously has not released any new music in a really long time. And 
Gene specifically has made comments that saying there's, you know, there's no music, uh, excuse me, there's no money in, in making new music. Uh, and, you know, and our argument has been, you know, in the age of, of streaming, you know, drop a single, drop an EP. That combined with Gene's comments about rock being dead. Is that just like an old man talking out of his ass or because I because there's a lot of new bands out there that I like. I mean, I, I don't have my finger on the pulse of everything that's going on in 2023. I don't think rock is dead. I just think it's a lot harder to find good rock because we live in a hip hop pop world right now. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll def- I can I'll defend Gene and saying, you know, I, I, I know the way he meant it, which is that the business model for rock is dead. OK, that's, that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, nine at, at least 90 percent of bands, are, you know, hard rock and metal bands that are on the road are T-shirt salesmen. That's yeah. what they, that's what they're doing. I mean, I, look, I have no illusions about being a comedian. I know I'm just killing time so they could sell drinks. I'm just an, you know, <laughs> I'm just an opening act for alcohol, basically. <laughs> so, but 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 that's the that's the terrible part is these bands are out there and they're so goddamn good and 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 they're drawing, but they're not making any money except if you buy the and the forty dollar t shirt and and everyone goes, why are they shirts so expensive? Why is the whatever merch is so expensive because that's the only revenue source that they have. They're not making money on album sales like kiss ha- has done throughout their career. So it's, it's a totally different animal now. And, and I know that, and that's really, listen, we know, we know Gene is a business, he's a great musician, um, but he is a businessman at heart and he's totally right about that. The The business model in rock is dead. Is that why yeah. you think? Is, go ahead. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I I always try to take make the connection between streaming services, and that's why you're paying two hundred dollars to get good seats to go see somebody, and I blame that. And I, 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 my thinking is, if they had the record deals and the records were selling, they wouldn't need to do this kind of stuff. They wouldn't be. Yeah, you'd be getting that, and you'd still be paying two hundred dollars for a good ticket. I don't think so. Because they have the other revenue, so I, I I have a problem with the streaming stuff. I think the artists are getting ripped off. I think they should get paid better. I don't know what the percentage is, but they still should be getting way more money than they are. Um, yeah. That's just me. Well, obviously, I I agree with you because I you know I get you know I get checks every month for for you know my comedy stuff being played. And, um, you know, you see the breakdown of it and like, there's literally like, you know, one penny here, you know, I mean, I do, I do okay overall because some yeah. services do pay better, but you know, some of them that shall remain nameless. I mean, you're literally looking at one cent, two cents, you know, from, you know, once I made one cent in India. Oh, that's good. Okay. Somebody yeah. in India streamed one of my comedy tracks of, but yeah, that it. You're right. That's part of it, and you know that's why the ticket prices are going up. Um, of course, it's Putin's price hike, also. You know, <laughs> so the he's to blame. Is causing all the all these ticket prices <laughs> to go up. I got another one that I wanted to run by you. Now you have that metal show. You obviously know your hard rock metal music. Where do you put Kiss in the hierarchy of all that? So I I like to think. Hard rock is that that means the stones are out. I, I'm not c- counting the stones, like everything like from them and down, like the kinks and stuff. I'm talking Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Kiss, Van Halen, Metallica, I and then Black Sabbath. I put Kiss in that 
echelon, like that grouping, which is the top 10 of all time. And then there's other ones underneath and stuff. Some other ones like the white snakes and others and stuff. But where do you put kiss? Is there an echelon? And who's in that top echelon for you? Well, they're definitely, you know, it depends on how you want to define top echelon. But if we could just think about it, you know, broadly, yes, of course, they've got to be up there. I mean, they are originators. Um, You know, I'll I'll never forget the feeling that I had when I first bought, when I first looked at the front cover of Kiss Destroyer. They're rock stars, they're superheroes, and they're comic book characters. Mm -hmm. So they were the perfect package, and they took theatricality to a whole new level. So they're, they're huge innovators. Um, and even though they, they d- didn't have many like huge radio hits, you know, they, they, they created a, a huge fan base, uh, just, you know, the kiss army. Now everybody has an army, you know, like you, yeah. you have three people following you on Instagram, you know, oh, my Instagram <laughs> army. <laughs> but kiss built this incredible thing really without any giant hits and uh, not until death, you know, yeah, so, right. um, but yeah, we should all ask ourselves, would on the Mount Rushmore of, of those early bands, would, you know, w- would their face be up, their collective face be one of those four heads up there? And you could easily make the argument that, that they would. Uh, I would, I'm thinking Zeppelin. Yeah. Metallica, Aerosmith, Kiss. And Van Halen and Van Halen, you can't, you can't I don't know where you, yeah, you can't, yeah, yeah it's tough. I mean, it's especially tough. when you go album sales. But yeah. if you, I don't know, if you go 70s and stuff, they've got to be there. Yeah. yeah. Them with Zeppelin, Aerosmith, you know, that's a personal one for me. But of course, you know, they would, you know, belong up there. And, um, and Sabbath for, you know, it's pretty, pretty commonly held that they created heavy metal. So, all right, so Don, so we've had we've talked to different people about all the eras of Kiss that they like, like our buddy Chris Jericho, he loves the 80s on mask stuff. Uh, people love, you know, Dress to Kill, Destroyer, other people love Carnival of Souls, people like Sonic Boom and Monster. I don't know who those people are. That's a separate <laughs> that's a separate argument. Where do you are, are, is is your range all across the board with Kiss or do you focus on a certain era? We know Destroyer is where you, you know you kind of came in, but you know, are you a fan of you know Asylum? Are you a fan of Dynasty? Where, where is you? Where are you on your your fandom in general? Yeah, what's the go tos? You, you know, usually the seventies stuff for sure, the original band and all that. But I loved the eighties stuff um, a lot. I mean, I was I was still so excited, like when they took off the makeup, you know, on MTV. You know, I was still that kind of a Kiss fan, like where that was a huge deal in my life and. Um, and I was, uh, you know, I, I roasted, uh, Bruce Kulik recently, uh, on New Year's actually. Yeah. Yep. We heard all about it in yep. Vegas. Yeah. And so we have we, a spy there. We had a lot of fun with, um, some of the outfits Bruce had to wear in, in those <laughs> late eighties versions of Kiss. So, uh, we poked a lot of fun at Bruce, but, um, and we had a great, great night with him. Of course. Uh, terrific guy. Um, but it's funny with him, man, you know, cause he went from that real flashy kind of stuff into, you know, obviously he had to get over the, the hump of the reunion tour and then come out on the other side into grunge kiss. Um, and, um, and and I like that stuff too, but yeah, the go-to stuff is is really the seventies, and then yeah, you have your oddball picks that people will sort of go, "What you love unmasked?" And I go, "Yeah, I don't know, I 
I did. I did. They they were still at that point where they could do no wrong with me, and 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 still like when me and Eddie Trunk get together, we'll like sing, we'll sing on on mass songs like on an airplane and stuff together. It's, it's, All right, which ones? What Zeus hates unmasked. Yeah, Zeus which ones unmasked? We'll sing the whole album. Well, the, well like, like easy as easy, easy as it seems. Easy. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> that great baseline. That oh, great baseline no. there. Oh, oh, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> uh, the, what the other what other ones do you like? The elder is awful. That's no, awful. no. That's a masterpiece. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Horrible. I, I've tried. Every different way, like, you know, it's like when you don't like a certain food and then like a few years goes by and you go, ah, let me try this again. And then you go, yeah, I still don't like it. I've done, I've done that a million times. I still have the original vinyl. So I break it out and put it on the turntable and I'm no, it's still bad. <laughs> and then my friend, my friend, Jason Hartless, who plays drums with Ted Nugent is a massive Kiss fan. And he, I guess he heard me talking about it on a podcast and he goes, Dude, you have to. He texted me. You got to listen to it in the original order that, that it was supposed to be in. And he sent it to me in that order. And I'm like, it's still horrible. <laughs> I know. I know. To each his own. But that's what the fun part about Kiss is. They have yeah. so many yeah. different types. I like pop Kiss. I like disco Kiss. I like grunge Kiss. I like you know speed metal Kiss. Um, mm-hmm. You got all sorts of things. And but in it, a heart of Kiss. Are those Paul Stanley choruses and licks and riffs that I, 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 it's the running theme here in this show. If I had money to pay one person to write a song that I know I would like, I'd give it to Paul Stanley because no matter what he does or what he says, he just knows to hit that fun party type choruses and riffs. It just works and, and it can translate errors and I'll, I'll give him credit. Um, I, I just think he's a, above all and he's still extremely underrated in, in everything that he's done. Uh, unfortunately, he, the past few years has kind of overshadowed his brilliance. But I, I really think Paul's very underrated. Well, listen, I mean, Paul, you know, probably, um, you know, arguably the best solo album, although most people, a lot of people say Ace. We're, and, we're Paul. We're Paul fans for the solo yeah, albums. Yeah, for sure. we both and, agree on that. And as and, and listen, as far as his songwriting is concerned, he's obviously the the sub, the far superior songwriter um, in that band. And you know, it's funny we're talking about the different eras. And 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 um, you mentioned Tom. You mentioned um, Sonic Boom and Monster. I, I gotta say, they're not bad albums. It's just mm-hmm. if we listen to them when we were. 13 we probably would like them a lot better than we do now um and also that we know yeah don't get too invested in these albums because they're never going to play anything off of them maybe <laughs> one song ever so That's true but they're not they're actually not bad albums i have sonic boom on vinyl so and i actually put it on once in a while not not a bad record Hello, yeah it's not, it's it's not it, it's not te- those songs it, it, tom we talk about it yeah it's, sonic boom's not terrible uh it's funny because we have a couple fans you know, listeners of to our show that they're they're on the younger side, and they kind of quote unquote, well, not quote unquote, but they kind of grew up yeah. with Sonic Boom and Monster, and like they they and <laughs> and and they kind of and like they were young when those albums were released, so like 
they love those albums. And then they, they go backwards into the discography and they discover all the magic of the albums that we love. But I just, my brain like cramps when I hear people like, growing up with sonic boom i was like oh i remember going to walmart and buying that cd and being like what is what is this but it's it's okay it's it's It's, okay it's more than okay we just comparing it to kiss albums right you compare to kiss albums what are you gonna say but i i like it yeah and those you should see the fucking shit that that poor uh, there's a couple of them that grew up with sonic boom on our like Facebook groups and shit like that. Yeah. The toxic kiss fans that come out when these people are saying, ah, oh, my favorite album's monster. <laughs> oh, please don't say it. Don't ever, it's... don't ever publicly admit that. Dude, You want to fucking laugh? Just go to any kiss group and put in a post like, Hey, I don't care. I think Tommy Thayer is a better guitarist than he's really. Oh. And watch for the next hour what happened. <laughs> right. You just you throw that out. You just throw that line out there and then you sit back and oh and wait God. for all the all the nibbles. Oh, that's yeah. the chum you're throwing out to the kids. Yeah. Watch the shark circle. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Don, hey, hey, Don, we know you're up against the clock. So a couple more, couple more things real quick. This isn't really kiss related, but Zeus and I are massive fans of the jerky boys. And we know that you are a massive fan of prank phone calls. Tell uh, tell our listeners who might not know a little bit about how you terrorize telemarketers. Ah, cool. Well, thanks. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it's um so I I'm a huge Jerky Boys fan as well. You know, we 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 go back to the days when we, you know, you, you heard of someone made, you know, bootleg tapes of them and all that yep. stuff and and got into it. And then years later, when Florentine and I started doing it, you know, we just took, we took the angle of, you know, everyone hates telemarketers. That's, that's the beauty of them as the target, which is, you know, you shouldn't ever feel bad because everybody knows what scum telemarketers are. <laughs> right. And, and, but uh, I, we've got, we, we've got a few tracks that were, were people who, who like our stuff. The, even go, I got to tell you that one track, I actually felt bad for the telemarketer. You guys were, were brutal on them, but, but you know what, man, they, you know, they take advantage. They're like the COVID of phone scams. They take advantage <laughs> of the elderly and the sick and, you know, and they steal all their money. So that's just our little way of, of giving back. But, you know, we've got seven volumes of calls out there in the world that people can find on all the, you know, Apple music and all that Spotify and, and uh, physical copies at our websites. But um, yeah, um, you know, we, we weren't going to do another one and then COVID hit. So we're just sitting around and so we'll go, all right, volume seven, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was the first one that we did. We released it back in September and it went to number one on the comedy chart. So oh, that's, that's thanks awesome. to everybody. Yeah. It's nice to have a, a number one comedy album and uh, especially for two middle-aged idiots sitting in Florentine's basement, messing with <laughs> telemarketers. Uh, <laughs> God bless America. Doesn't it make it easier now when they call? Because now it'll say likely scam on your phone. I, I do it in the car with my kid, but she'll call it. I throw an accent. Hello. Ah! (laughs) I'm so embarrassed, but I'm like, fuck them. Let me, let me keep going. And just, I don't blame you. I think they're fucking awesome. And I think our listeners that love our shit. I mean, we opened when we first started the show four years ago, we were like, we got to have like a jerky boys opening. And so that 
our endings. We got clips. We put in shit. We we had that in college, and the cassettes are going out. Did you listen because- to the, like the red tapes? The two oh, bar, yeah. that, the two dude, bar. That yep. fucking yep. thing is even funnier. That yep. you motherfucking dirty rat, <laughs> rat motherfucking bat. That the way they fucking torture that guy. I don't think it should be funny, but it is. I can't stop fucking laughing. Same with your comedy bits. It's fucking great. And anybody listening out there, you guys know us. If you listen to our shit, you're gonna love it. So make sure you oh, find it. on what donjameson.com. Yeah, and then you know they, people can find me on all the socials, and um, yeah, and come out to see a live uh, stand-up show if you get a chance. Um, I always, particularly, I mean, I like to hang out after the shows anyway with with people that come and who are fans, but uh, particularly with guys like you, you know, I sometimes you know the show's over at ten. I look at my watch and it's midnight because I've been talking to somebody about <laughs> this for two hours. Nice, and you know, you we get into it, right? We get, you know, we're all geeks. Yep, with the music that we love, and then you go, oh Jesus, I got to get home. Yeah, what do you got? Now, that, what, yeah, what, you're coming up to Boston is the more important question. Tom. Yeah, what, what, when are you when are you going to come up? Oh, because we're we're in we're in the Boston area. When, yeah, if you when can't we, tell, yeah, if you can't tell exactly from our accent, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I thought you guys were British. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to actually be. Um, I don't know when this airs, but I'll be in up in New Bedford, Massachusetts, okay. on yep. the twenty fourth. At the vault, um, at the Greasy Greasy Luck Brew Pub. Okay. Um, the venue in there is called The Vault, and it's in New Bedford, Mass. Okay. So that'll be a fun show. It's me and a Metallica tribute. So it's going to be. Oh, so no fun. shit. Nice. There you, yeah, go, there you go. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, we'll look into that. Definitely. Absolutely. Don, thank you. This has been a blast. We know you're up against the clock. We appreciate you g- giving us some time talking kiss, talking rock, metal, comedy. It's a blast. It's been an honor to have you. Thank you so much. Real quick, give it, give uh, our listeners where they can find you if they're interested in your your comedy shows, your CDs, all that good stuff. Where can they find you? Yeah, just, again, just you know, social media. I got um, you know, Facebook and Instagram is Don Jameson official. My Twitter is real Don Jameson. And uh, absolutely, let's do this again because the one thing that we know about Kiss is that you know we've we've loved them for decades, and and there it's never a topic where, where you run out of things to talk. No, about. we got to exactly. do a part two. Awesome, well, Don. We do uh we do our Kiss drafts. We'll have you and Eddie on. We'll do a Kiss draft. It's like fantasy football songs and things like that. Yeah. We'll All definitely right. have you guys on, and we'll do one of those. Yeah, give Don, me give, give me you, a bra- give me a bracket, and and I'm in. Awesome. Don, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you, Don. Be good, guys. All right, Tom, what'd you think? It was great. Look, I love talking to people that are out there hanging with bands, touring with bands, uh, interviewing bands, kind of just living that life. Uh, and, And Don's that guy, passionate fan. You know, he's a little bit older than us. So his perspective is a little different. His kiss fandom is a little bit different than us. Uh, but it was great having that conversation with him. And, and like I said, talking about kiss specifically and geeking out, but then getting into some stuff about, you know, the state of rock and, and tracks and live performances and in music in general, and the consumption of music, uh, just a great conversation. So I was thrilled to have him on. Yeah. What I picked up on is how smart he is. He's sharp, very quick. You could tell he's an intelligent guy and he does his own material. Like he, he doesn't hire 15 writers to write his shit. Like you can tell he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Smart as fuck yep. and funny as hell. And he's got some great stories and his comedy. We've been talking about this. We love that fucking 
childish shit, the prank calling and the fact that he oh, yeah, the, up, the prank calls. That's right. Oh, yep. my God. The fact that he set that up and he has fucking telemarketers calling him and stuff. Just great. You guys all should go donjameson.com. Go to his website. Check out his music. Go catch him when he performs live. Yeah. He comes to your town. Yep. Uh, we're going to try to catch him when he's in the new Bedford area. Uh, he said there was some sort of a Metallica Metallica band tribute down. band too. Why yeah. not? What the hell? Yeah. So uh, tons of fun. Thank you, uh, Don. That was fucking awesome. And uh, we, we, you know, we think we'd like to have him back on when we get uh, maybe a, a kiss draft with him and Eddie. Yeah. Like I said, uh, my goal is to get a that metal show reunion. We've had Eddie, we've had Don, and we just got to get Jim Florentine on and bring them all together. And there we go. But uh, great time with Don. Thank you for coming, buddy. Tom. Next, we go to question of the week. What do we got? Yeah. So as I hinted at earlier, I love the topical questions. I like to save in, in case we get to an episode about this. So this is one of those. Uh, and this comes from Andrew on Facebook. And the question says, guys, love the show. Curious about the use of tracks and whether Paul takes a beating because of the way Paul is on social media, et cetera, et cetera. How would you feel if we learned that Gene was using tracks? Would he take the same beating that Paul does? Zeus, what do you think? If not more. Really? Yeah, because he fucking was the one making all the boastful comments. We we come see how the big boys do it. We're going to rock you. We'll show everybody like... All that stuff. And then he talked about the comments that get thrown in Kiss's face the most are Gene's comments about, you know, all these bands that use tracks. We perform live. They're ripping you off. They should be on a fucking ticket. He said all that shit. And he probably said that because never in his wildest dreams would he ever think they'd have to resort to that. He doesn't have to, but his partner does. Now, you're right. Because he said that, he's fucked. However, Let's just pr- let's play the pretend game. If he never said that, I think Gene has built up so much good will in terms of being like a beloved. I mean, yeah, we tease him about the money and the merch and all that stuff. But I think he's built up so much goodwill with the fans that they'd be like, ah, he's the demon. But you're right. Because those quotes are on record, he can't escape those. The other thing is the money part, though, Tom, too. Even if he never said that, the fact that Gene is all about money. People yep. would fucking call the hypocrisy out on it. You're charging people all this money. You're not yeah. singing live because Gene is money. So they equate that and be like, I want my money back. You're you're stealing and lying from us. They would throw in his face. I, I'm telling you, he might get worse. You bring up a great point. I'm not going to disagree with you. Interesting. It's a great question, Andrew. Thank you. It, it's a good one because we always Andrew. talk. We always talk about Paul taking a beating. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, is Gene using tracks because we we always say how great gene sounds on these end of the road shows i don't know i'm not accusing anybody i'm just asking and how that works but um i would really like to see us kind of put this shit in our rearview mirror uh, we talked yeah, i don't want to fucking deal with this t- shit the rest of the next no. couple months of episodes we've, ta- oh, we've talked about tracks yeah we've talked about it we had tim on it's over uh, let's let's kind of move on, you know. Unless some other breaking news comes out where Doc is fired or strung up and burned alive because of this, you know. Other than that, the topic is kind of it's uh it's beating a dead horse, shall we say? You sounded like the governor when he debated 
uh, the uh, President Bartlett on the West Wing. Tracks, boy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's when the says when I when we brought up crime and you said that. That's when I decided to kick your ass. Woo! Yeah, nice. there's no fucking presence like fucking Jed Bartlett. I wish they were, but they weren't. One of the greatest shows of all time, The West Wing. Kick your ass. Kick your ass. <laughs> Tracks. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Tom, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us here bitching about everything. <laughs> and um, people, and, and events, people, and you shows, name it. Uh, and bands. But, but when we're not bitching into our microphones, uh, please go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. That's where you can find everything relating to the show. You can shop using our Amazon link. You can join our Patreon. You can buy Shout It Out Loudcast merch from Amazon. We have merch on demand from Amazon. Great stuff. Uh, you can check out all of our episodes, obviously. Shout It Out Loudcast, Dorm Damage. We dropped the new one about record stores. Zeppelin Chronicles, Album Review Crew, the rankings, everything is there. You can comment on specific episodes and they stay there on the website. You can also send us direct messages from the website. And as I said earlier, they come to us in the form of an email. So please check out our website. You'll have a ton of fun. There's tons of great stuff there. Uh, we love lists and rankings and all that good stuff. Uh, and of course, our email, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. Please, we read every email. We say this every week. Zeus and I read every email. Forgive us if we can't get to reading everyone during the show. We just can't do that. It would take up too much time, and sometimes feedback is long enough already. Uh, and, of course, social media, very active. You guys know it. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, we're there. So, please, check us out. Follow us. Subscribe if you haven't. Check us out. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier, our amazing Patreon family, Ryan M. Thank you for joining the family. We love all you guys so much. And as we always like to say, proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of shows. Tons of great shows. Check them out. We're part of that family as well. Yeah, Tom, I always like to remind people they can DM us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, remember now, you can go to our YouTube page and subscribe there. We're almost at the magic number of 1,000. Please go on our YouTube page, subscribe, and we will thank you for that. In addition... Give us one of those five star, star child reviews on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you can leave a review, please give us a five star review. Uh, I know we got over a hundred on Spotify because the great Pantheon Network let us know that and posted that. I wasn't even aware of that, but thank you for that. So we appreciate that. And if you could do, we read them on the uh, on the air as we always do, and give us a big shout out to you. So uh, I always like to repeat the website as Tom mentioned. Go to our merch section. The merch section now we're going to have catchphrase shirts coming up shortly. Yep. So you know you're going to see an Ace Cult shirt up there. You know you're going to see a Pandemic Paul shirt, and maybe a Thanks Brother. And all sorts of other stuff will be up there soon enough. Make sure you go to our awesome website, shoutoutloudcast.com, shoutoutloudcast.com, and go to the merch section. Or you go to our Amazon store and you search for us. But all that's on our website. When you peruse through the website, it helps the show. How can you help the show? Join our Patreon family. Go get some merch. 
can go to our Amazon store. All that stuff on the website. Big help. And we greatly appreciate it. And make sure you keep those emails coming. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Tom, what we like to do is end on famous last words. Do you have any? Of course. Am I the master of your soul? Do you lose all control? Is it my fire or my flame? Do I drive you insane? Nice. Yes. So you lift your dress. (laughs) You want to impress. There's one thing I've got to confess. Love Nice. Yeah. One of the best videos of all time. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Don Jameson, Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army. Thank you. Huge shout out to Don Jameson. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We had a blast. And everybody out there, thank you guys so much. You're the best fans, the best listeners, the best supporters. We can't thank you enough. Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Yeah, let me speak to Sparky. Speaking. Sparky, Sparky the Clown. How you doing, Fruitcake? Not too bad. Who's this?